0: back. I'm Ranson Burkett. And I'm Tony Anscombe. And this is Speakeasy Security ESETs Podcast. Now, this week, we turn our attention to a cybersecurity topic that affects almost everybody with an email address. Actually, it affects everyone with an email address. I'll just go ahead and say it. Now, have you ever received a business email compromise? Now, you're probably going, what the heck is a business email compromise? It's also referred to as an email account compromise, or EAC. And it's one of the most financially damaging online crimes known. According to the FBI, business email compromise scams accounted for nearly $3 billion in losses in 2020, and it's labeled as the number one threat to businesses right now. Tony, before we go too deep into this topic, I'd like to know, how do you define a business email compromise scam?
1: Well, let me throw in another stat there for you as well, Ranson. So in 2019, the FBI put the number as $1.7 so that shows you how this scam is growing from 1.7 in 2019 to 3 billion in 2020. So we're seeing a huge opportunity for uh, uh, cyber criminal, criminals, unfortunately. So how do I define a, a business email compromise? Well, firstly, it's when an email that appears to come from a legitimate source, so making a legitimate request, so and it's, and it's targeting the victim very, very specifically, and to take some kind of action. And that action typically is some payment of an invoice or transfer of funds or such like. And it could look and feel that it's coming from a vendor outside of the company requesting payment of an invoice, or it could be coming from the CEO of the business, asking the CFO to make a payment, so tricking people within inside the company from an email address or an email that looks and feels like it's from the CEO. And of course, we don't always check everything, do we? We're all human here. And if you receive one of these messages, and it looks and feels right, there's a possibility that you might actually make the payment, which is where uh, the FBI obviously gets involved, and it becomes
0: a statistic crime. (laughs) Yeah, you said that very well. But that's very interesting, Tony. So the way that it sounds, it sounds like this is very similar to phishing. How is this actually different from phishing? Well, firstly, the cybercriminal
1: gets into the email stream. So imagine that you and I have an email conversation. Just imagine you were the purse string holder in ESET, you know, the finance guy. There's a certain way that we talk to each other. So we might say, I might say something about you being in San Diego, you might ask me something about family. And there are things that we put in email, or there are stylistic parts of our email conversations. A business email compromise typically is where the cyber criminal understands that. So the email they're sending to you looks and feels super real. So this is not, I need you to verify your Netflix account details. This is hey ransom we've got this invoice it needs paying urgently i know you're on the beach in san diego as you always are but could you get off the beach and pay the invoice and and that's the type of thing they're looking for that personal touch in the email the conversational style and knowing something about the business so they may well have actually been in the system or been watching emails from afar to actually understand how this actually takes place and it looks and feels real and of course it's difficult to detect in that way because you know, if somebody sent me an email from you and it it seemed in the wrong tone, the wrong context, I'd probably connect with you, you on know. Teams yeah. or call you or text you or whatever I do, and say, "Hey, did you send me this?" And, and we kind of cut that stream off. We we'd know instantly. But it's difficult
0: if they've uh, mimicked the style. Yeah. Tony, I thought we were friends. So when I send you an email asking you to wire me some money, you're not gonna you're not just gonna go ahead and do it. Come on. <laughs>
1: well, I've been wiring you that money every week. Well, <laughs> what are you doing with that? I thought it was, the lag- I thought it was to buy the Lagunitas <laughs> for the Easy podcast.
0: Yeah, that would be great. That would be awesome. But no, you have been sending that to someone else. Um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, that would be um, mind-boggling to receive that kind of message. And I love the point that you make, which is just validate and verify, right? I mean, if you're getting something, It feels off, you know, then definitely just verify it. Right. I think there's the human element that if your tech, you know, layer doesn't catch it, then, Hey, maybe you should be doing some verifications for yourself. And, and, and knowing that I think maybe it's important to share. I mean, are there different types of business email compromise or are they all pretty much fitting in that category that you mentioned, which is "Eh, just send me some money or, you know, let's, let's get you to share some personal information.
1: Well, of course, there are many different types of business email compromise, as you can as you can imagine, and you know one of the important factors in there is actually you can relate from people that work together, because if you go into LinkedIn and such like, you can start to build who's in which team, and you know, if you do your research enough. So think about this when you get into a, an executive impersonation. In my example of a CEO emailing the CFO and asking him to make that urgent transfer to pay a vendor or a supplier or somebody else for some important reason. If I know that there's a, uh, a a national sales meeting coming up, and I know that it's going to be held at a certain hotel in Vegas, and now I can actually send an email that looks like it's from the CEO, and I send it to the CFO that says, okay, you know, I need to pay the hotel bill. They've asked for a deposit. This is all sounding very feasible. It, it, the whole story yeah. is building, and it looks like I've got internal knowledge. But if you think about it, probably a lot of that is posted on Facebook by other employees that they're off to Vegas, they're staying at this hotel. You know, where it's a national sales meeting because somebody's probably shared that. You can reference other people in the sales department because you can look them up on uh, business networks. So now I've got now I've got this picture that actually makes it look and feel like a legitimate request. So that's one type. Yeah, that yeah it does. And- so that executive impersonation is an issue. Then you've got things like uh, legal scams where cyber criminals socially engineer a lawyer and attempt to trick the victim into supplying personal information. Think about that. If, that. if you post it, you're posting somewhere publicly that you're purchasing a house, hey, suddenly my request for, oh, you need to send me $1,000 for the title, uh, title registration. or I can make it sound very, very legitimate. And hopefully you will send me the $1,000. I might try that later on with you. <laughs> yeah, give it a shout. Yeah, And of course, we're in that time of year. It's IRS season. Everybody's filing taxes. So if I know you use a certain accountant, I could send you an email that looks like it comes from your accounting firm. It, all types of business email compromise are in there.
0: Wow, wow. that's Those are very interesting ways to disguise their intentions. And I'm just wondering, are there any tell, telltale signs that um, someone's receiving a business email compromise, that would be, I would say, not easy. But basically, how do we get our listeners to identify or spot these?
1: Well, one of the things is to look at uh, the actual addressing on the email. Because if it's coming from a spoofed account, i.e. somebody was using ESET as in ES8T, would you spot that in the email address uh, maybe not, but obviously the addressing, and we we say this with phishing, don't we? And we say this with websites continually, always check and validate the sender. I've seen on lots of emails recently, everybody seems to be adding, the. Ex, this is an external email. Yep. So if it doesn't come from within your own domain, I, internally an eset.com domain for us, then it, the email is started with, this is external. And the mail gateway is actually adding that. And that's a great protection companies can put in because you know it's not coming from your own domain. So if somebody somebody's trying to mimic, then that's an issue. Now, there's a second issue here, though, is what if they've actually compromised somebody's email account? So what if they actually do have access to the person's email account? And now it's coming from an internal domain. And this is why you need to secure your email systems correctly. Have two-factor authentication. So if you're going to allow, for example, OWA access, so Outlook in the web, then you need to secure that login with two-factor authentication. You need to make sure your users are actually adhering to some of these things and lock down the security around your email systems
0: that makes a lot of sense and you kind of segued into my next point with regards to as businesses uh, there's usually this idea that oh well we can have a look at you know creating a few different layers of tech um, added to our stack as you said you know email uh, and mail server security and all of the things that would protect of course within the cloud but I'm curious you know with the Example that you just provided, if someone were to actually gain access, it, wouldn't it be pretty difficult to actually spot then, right? I, I would think it'd be pretty hard to spot once someone actually gains access to the the system. Someone's able to infiltrate the network and then they take over, they compromise that email of the person they're they're imitating, right? How do you spot it then? Well, hopefully you're going to see characteristic
1: things in the email because we all write in slightly different styles, don't we? We all we all use slightly different terms. So hopefully you're going to see that in uh, in there. But if the other thing is, is on the other end of this, you've got somebody that's actually going to make a payment. So somebody in the finance team is going to make a payment. You need to have the right process and procedures in that payment process as well. Is it being validated to, by two people? If it's over a certain amount, is there a second part of the process? You know, Do you call the person and make sure the transfer is real? Is there two-factor authentication on the bank account the company is using? So it can't be done, that can't be done by somebody. So there's all sorts of other processes and procedures you can put into place internally to try, try and protect against this as well. And that's more so during this pandemic while everybody's working remotely, of course, because I can't walk down the hall and turn and say, hey, Ransom, did you ask me for that thousand? Yeah. So you've got to put those processes in place that actually uh, a transfer, maybe over $5,000 or whatever the number is decided upon, actually requires me to phone you up and turn and say, hey, is this correct? And double the, the authentication.
0: Wow, this would give any finance uh, related professional a headache, and I'm sure they've dealt with this for for many years. As you've said, the 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 rate of these attacks are are still growing, and the losses are mounting up. I need a beer. How about you? <laughs> Let's have a beer on this on this one.
1: Well, I I, I actually have a cup of tea today. Unfortunately.
0: You got a You got a tea? Well, this is giving me a headache. I need a beer, so I'm going to let you know I'm drinking a Stella this week, and I'm going after your old one of your old favorites from Belgium. So. I'm going to crack this, Stella, and toast to you and all the finance people that have to deal with business email compromises because this can't be an easy subject for businesses to uh, deal with and adhere to because, again, you were mentioning something that might not have been suspected, right? They are getting more ingenious by the day, and the way that these emails are being compromised would probably leave the average user thinking that this was uh, authentic. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that, and I'm going to take a nice swig here.
1: Well, and I should just validate, I'm, I'm drinking PG Tips. PG you know, very, Tips. <laughs> it's the everyday kind of tea that uh, your Brits drink. So uh, very, very delicious. But a couple of other things that companies should be doing, of course, is to make sure their security systems are up to date. Mm. Yeah, because okay. a cyber criminal may use a known link or a, something known in that email stream that mm. they are using, or where it's coming from, maybe already known to be fraudulent. So make sure that security systems are up to date, antivirus on on all the endpoints, et cetera. The other thing, really important here, train your staff, cybersecurity awareness training. Make sure people understand these type of scams can happen. To know what they're looking for, to know to check the addressing, to know to have a process in place. Yet frequently talk to your teams and make sure they're aware that scammers are out there trying to
0: trick them into these things. Wow, Tony, I would so I would totally agree with you there. In fact, you brought up a point that is a great plug for something that ESET's really proud of is our ESET Cybersecurity Awareness Training, or ECAT, as we call it. So we'll put a link in the uh, show notes here for everyone to have a look at ESET Cybersecurity Awareness Training. Have a look um, if you're a business owner, you can educate your staff, you can get people up to speed, and I know we'd be happy to make sure that you and your team are protected. So thanks for plugging that, Tony.
1: Hey, no, no problem, and and in fact. Uh, if anybody wants to come in, there's a free piece of our awareness training as well. I don't know whether you're aware of that for remote workers. So e- even if you're not a customer of that, come along and, and sit and go through the, the free one. Just give yourself a refresh on what some of these things look
0: like. Exactly. Well, I hope everyone gets a chance to check it out. Um, this has been a great episode. I think it even educated myself on a few of the techniques and the styles that are happening here with business email compromise. If you have some... Uh, time have a look at the links that we're putting in the show notes take a look at our training as tony mentioned there's a free one there and as always uh, bookmark we live security we're posting uh, information about attacks every single day business email compromise is certainly on there and um, we're we're excited to share this with you this week
1: so before we run i want to tell you ranson about one particular it's kind of not business email compromise but about a year ago there was a uh, energy company in the uk who has a German CEO, somebody with a German accent. And this was a very unique compromise to my understanding, or I haven't heard of another one since. The cyber criminal used artificial intelligence and had a phone call with the chief financial officer using the CEO's voice. So they mimicked the CEO's voice pattern using AI and had a conversation with the CFO. CFO transferred 250,000 uh, euros to a bank account. I think it was in Hungary. The money disappeared very quickly. The cyber criminal was cheeky enough to ring back and say the transfer hadn't happened. And could he do it again? At which stage a flag went oh, yeah. up with the CFO and they realized that they'd been duped. Now, I think the really interesting part about this story is in the interview, the CFO uh, said afterwards that the accent was perfect. The actual melody of the guy's voice was perfect. Now, what's also interesting was during that moment, the uh, CEO was actually on a flight. So somebody (laughs) had very good knowledge that the CEO was out of communication and this was the moment to mimic the person. But this is not business email compromise, but it's a whole new generation of threat that's coming. And we need to think about how to protect against this.
0: I love that you highlight that. I mean, that's kind of a deep fake when you think about it, right? I mean, it's a deep fake social engineering mixed all together. Wow, you give me a good uh, idea for a topic that we can talk to in in another episode. But wow, I love that example. And um, hey, if you have that link too, we'd we'd probably want to share that with with the folks in the notes as well. I will be sure to send that across to you in a moment. All right. Well, Tony, that's our time for the week. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed this episode of Speakeasy Security. I am looking forward to the weekend. I hope you are as well. And I'm going to cheers you one last time, Tony, and say thanks for joining.
1: Yeah, cheers, Ransom.